Good morning students uh, moving on to the next concept uh, in line of what we had been discussing earlier uh, the important concept that i'll be taking with up uh, taking uh, up with you today is the concept of lifting the corporate wheel again it's a very important concept and uh, you need to understand because uh, like other lectures which have preceded this lecture this also forms the basis of uh, understanding what the company is all about so once we've uh, understood the essential characteristics of a company once we've understood the disadvantages of incorporation we also need to understand that is what as to what is lifting the corporate wheel so let us start and let us discuss this concept which uh, again i am emphasizing is a very very important concept not only from the point of view of examination but otherwise for the basic understanding of a student of company law see uh the main thing uh, or the main advantage that follows by registering a company or by incorporating a company on the companies act 2013 is that uh, it becomes a legal entity uh, which as we've discussed earlier is separate from the members who compose it that means it has its own individual separate identity which cannot be intermingled or intermixed with the persons who comprise it there is a very clear cut distinguishing line between the company on the one side and its shareholders or promoters on the other side they are all different persons as far as the law is concerned company is of course an artificial person company is of course a legal person and on the other hand there are natural persons like promoters like shareholders like directors like the coe or like uh, any other person who's in the managerial position or who controls the company so these people are on one side and the company is on one side the natural persons as we've discussed earlier may come may go it hardly makes any difference to the existence and to the continuance of a company it keeps continuing it keeps going on till perpetuity until unless uh, the intervening factors uh, force a company to close down or to shut shop as they say winding up which ultimately results in liquidation of that company so since uh, that is the last process uh, or till that happens the company uh, maintains its own separate identity and um, the coming and going of members does not make any difference to it but see in reality what happens is the business of the legal person that is the company is always carried on by and for the benefit of some individuals okay uh, in the final analysis it is in fact the human beings who are the real beneficiaries of the corporate advantages and uh, yes it is a fiction of law the corporation is a distinct identity but in reality uh, if you go by the fact check and if you go into the practicalities it is an association of persons who are in fact the beneficial owners of all the corporate property the ultimately it's the human beings who are benefiting from the artificial uh, creation called as the company and uh, the salman case in fact decides uh, in questions of property and capacity of acts done and rights acquired or liabilities assumed thereby the personalities of the natural persons who are the company's corporators is to be ignored so please understand this theory of corporate entity is indeed the premise of the basic principle on which the whole law of corporations is based and instances are not few in which the courts have resisted the temptation to break through this corporate wheel uh, to you know see through this corporate wheel they have resisted the temptation uh, but but this uh, advantage which has been given to a company 
cannot be you know carried on to unnatural limits it cannot be pushed to unnatural limits and uh, circumstances will definitely occur which will compel the coach to identify a company with its members that means there will be a situation wherein the court will have to lift this corporate veil or to remove the curtain to see who are the people behind the company and see why would this happen see this fiction of law which has been created which we know by the name of company everything is fine till the time the people who actually compose that company are you know undertaking activities which are for the benefit of the society as a whole which are for the benefit of the company as a whole and which are for their own benefits that's fine but the problem arises when the people behind uh, the cloak of the company the natural people the natural persons who are running the company start doing illegal activities which only benefit them and are highly destructive to the other members of the society or to the company itself it is then that the problem arises it is then that the courts are forced literally to lift the curtain as they say or to remove the curtain or to pierce the curtain and to see who are those natural persons who are hiding behind the cloak of the company and saying no this activity has not been done by me this has been done by the company so you go and ask the questions to the company in such a situation it becomes imperative because we know company is just a fiction of law so it becomes imperative for the court to remove that curtain to pierce that curtain and to actually see who are those people who are responsible for the illegality which has been committed and who are now blaming the company for that specific act of illegality it is in such circumstances the court often breaks through or the court often pierces the wheel to see who are the people Uh, behind it and see um, in fact it is uh, it is not possible that we lay down all the situations of factors wherein the court will break the you know corporate insulation to so to say and uh, remove the curtain and see who are the people behind it but uh, there are well established grounds which have been established by way of precedent by way of case law which has already been decided uh, wherein the court has actually lifted the corporate veil and the court has gone behind the curtains to see who were the persons who had committed that illegality so i'll be discussing those various situations uh, laid out by way of precedent where the courts have lifted the corporate veil where the courts have gone behind the curtains to see who the persons actually were who had committed the illegality and the first is for the determination of character of a company see uh, sometimes it becomes absolutely necessary to find out the true character of a company that means to see as to whether that company is a friendly organization institution or is it in fact the enemy of the nation in such a case the courts may uh, you know in their discretion examine the character of the persons in real control of the corporate affairs of that company and the most celebrated case on the point is daimler company limited versus continental tires and rubber company limited see briefly i'll lay down the facts for you uh, what happened in this case was a company was incorporated in england for the purpose of selling tires which were manufactured in germany now what happened was the german company uh, was having the bulk of the shares in the english company and the holder of the remaining shares and all the directors were in fact germans who were residents of germany so in effect the real and the actual control of the english company was in fact in german hands and once the world war 1 commenced the english company commenced an action to recover a trade debt 
uh, you know the suit was for recovery of trade debt filed in an english court now the question was whether the company had become an enemy company and should therefore be barred from maintaining that specific action because if you are entertaining such a suit and if you are deciding in favor of such a suit wherein the company is actually a german company an enemy company then you will be literally uh, helping the enemy out in war which is which is absolutely illegal so the house of lords laid down that the company though incorporated in the united kingdom uh, is a legal entity it is a creational flaw uh, and uh, it is not a natural person with mind or conscience so it can neither be loyal nor disloyal it can neither be friendly nor enemy but but it may assume an enemy character when the persons in de facto control of its affairs and residents in an enemy country are acting under the control of enemies accordingly the company was not allowed to proceed with the action uh, and in fact if the action had been allowed uh, as i already said it would have been used as a machinery for the purpose of giving money to the enemy uh, and that purpose would have been accomplished by the decree going in favor of such a company and that would have been very very uh, you know that would have been really uh, against the public policy that would have been disastrous in fact so the action was dismissed uh, when the court lifted the corporate veil and saw behind the true character of the people comprising the uh, the company it found that the people were germans and as such if they would have dealt with that company it would have amounted to dealing with the enemy so the suit was ultimately rejected <clears throat> Yes now to the second point for the benefit of revenue the court in many circumstances has in fact done this the court has in fact power to disregard a corporate entity if it is used for tax evasion or to circumvent tax obligations and the famous case is then shamanak ji petit in this case the sesi was a wealthy man uh, who enjoyed huge dividend and interest income he in fact formed four private companies and agreed with each to hold a block of investment as an agent for it <coughs> income received was credited in the accounts of the company but the company handed back the amount to him as pretended loan this way what he did was he divided his income into four parts in a bid to reduce his tax liability so it was ultimately held when the court lifted the corporate veil that the company was formed by the sec purely and simply as a means of avoiding the super tax and the company was nothing more than the sec himself in fact it did no business at all it was simply and purely created as a legal entity to receive the dividends and interests and to hand them over to the sec as pretended loan so i hope you've got the point this person had created this specific company just to evade his taxes the company was actually doing nothing the purpose of creation of the company as a legal entity was so that the funds that he received by way of dividend and interest income he could transfer to this company and then the company could give him back to the same person as pretended loan and in such exercise being undertaken this person was able to evade taxes and not to pay taxes that he should have paid to the government so once you lift the corporate veil you see what is going behind the curtains and you find the persons responsible for that illegality and bring them to book so the uh, the Uh, the wheel as they say was uh, broken and pierced in this particular case and the people behind it were uh, found to be committing an illegality that is point number 2 now moving on to point number 3 which again is a uh, important point to discuss third point says that the court will lift the corporate wheel if any fraud or improper conduct has taken place 
see the corporate entity is wholly capable of being strained to an illegal or a fraudulent purpose the courts will refuse to uphold the separate legal existence of the company wherein uh, the company is being uh, you know wherein the company uh, is uh, operating or is basically um, being formed to defeat or to circumvent law its basic purpose is to defraud creditors and its basic purpose is to avoid the legal obligations in such situations of course the corporate will be lifted and uh, it will be seen who are the persons who are responsible for that specific fraud misrepresentation or diversion of funds and the case in the point is chilford motor company versus horn uh, the facts are that this person horn was appointed as md of a plintech company on the condition that he shall not at any time while he shall hold the office of the md or afterwards solicit or entice away the customers of the company his employment was determined under an agreement but shortly afterwards this specific gentleman opened the business in his own name uh, business sorry in the name of a company and started soliciting the plaintiff's customers that means started soliciting these very customers which he was prohibited to do by way of a covenant so it was held that the company was a mere cloak or sham for the purpose of enabling the defendant to commit a breach of his covenant against solicitation as such this uh, particular case makes it absolutely clear see what you can't do as a natural person you will not be allowed to do the same thing by forming a company and then by hiding behind the cloak of that company and committing that illegality you will not be allowed to do that you know what you can't do as a natural person simply stated you can't do as a company also and if you do this is precisely what is going to happen the corporate wheel is going to be pierced the curtain as they say is going to be lifted and the people who are behind the cloak or sham of the company and using the company's name to commit illegalities will be taken to task as they say in law the big uh, or the long hands of law will get to these persons so this was all about point number 3 then i'll come to the next point which again is equally important as the last point yes and uh, the next point says that uh, uh, there may be personal liability of directors and members now please understand under this head we'll be covering various subheads and uh, various positions wherein the directors and the people responsible for running the affairs of the company will be statutorily held liable that means mandatorily they'll be held liable um and please understand recently in fact two three days back at uh, told you before also uh, there were many amendments carried out in the companies act which is a regular feature every six months or one year there is an there is an or there are a lot of amendments which are carried out uh, to the companies act and in this particular uh, lot of amendments uh, which has been carried out uh, the uh, the penal offenses have been so to say reduced from 134 in total number to i think 123 so the penal offenses stand reduced a lot as far as the company's uh, directors are concerned and the people responsible for running the affairs of the company are concerned so what i'm going to <clears throat> now tell to you are the situations wherein the people who run the company will be actually held responsible uh, in case they yes in case they uh, Uh, commit something which is statutorily not permissible and the first point is non-compliance of requirements of incorporation which is section 464 <clears throat> see the basic purpose of the provision is to withdraw the advantages of incorporation when the conditions of incorporation have not been maintained so the personal liability follows 
in in this particular instance uh, when um, the requirements of the case have not been met with which was statutorily required to be met with then the people responsible for having uh, you know people responsible for um, uh, committing those statutory requirements to effect will be held personally responsible that is uh, the number f- the number one situation the number one sub point uh, second is misdescription of name see where in any act or contract of the company if a name is not fully or properly indicated as required by section 12 then those who have actually done the act or made the contract shall be held personally liable that is uh, the scenario and in this there is a particular case which goes by the name of hendon versus uh, adelman wherein the directors were held personally liable on a check signed by them in the name of a company stating the company's name as lr agencies limited whereas the real name of the company was l and r agencies limited so you cannot uh, you know the name of the company cannot uh, be a misdescription it has to be exactly the same as it is in the records of the registrar of companies the th- third point is the third subhead is fraudulent conduct of business it is section 399 which imposes liability for fraudulent conduct of a company's business according to this section it is if in the course of winding up of a company it appears that any business of the company has been carried on with the intent to defraud creditors of the company or any other persons or for any fraudulent purpose then those who are knowingly party to such a conduct or business may in the discretion of the tribunal tribunal here means of course national uh, national company law tribunal nclt be made personally liable for all or any of the debts of the company then we have holding and subsidiary company see a company qualifies as a holding company when it has the power to control the composition of the board of directors of another company or holds a majority of his shares so uh, it has been seen that a subsidiary company even a 100% subsidiary is a separate legal identity and its creator and controller is not to be held liable for its acts merely because he is the creator and controller nor is the subsidiary to be held as an agent of the holding company okay so this is uh, this is what this point has to say and uh, and then finally coming to the uh, conclusion part uh, see the whole discussion which we've had for the last 20 minutes or so makes it abundantly clear that uh, if you incorporate a company it necessarily uh, you know does not cut off your personal liability at all times and under all circumstances just that you formed a company you cannot keep committing acts and then keep saying that no i have not done it it is the company that has done it and please go and ask the company we have to remember that a company is nothing but an artificial creation of law a fiction of law which has been created so that it may benefit natural persons and those natural persons can of course make use of it for good purposes but they cannot misuse of it uh, they cannot make misuse of it um, an honest enterprise uh, by means of companies is allowed but the public are protected against as they say kitting and humbuggery so the sanctity of a separate corporate identity is to be upheld only in so far as the entity is constant sorry consonant with the underlying policies which give it life and those who enjoy the benefits of the machinery of incorporation have to assure a capital structure adequate to the size of the enterprise 
they must not withdraw the capital corporate assets or um, mingle their own individual account with those of the corporation or represent to third parties that no difference exists between themselves and the company the courts have uh, at times seized upon these facts as evidence to justify the imposition of liability upon the shareholders or upon the persons who were responsible for such acts so in essence i would like to conclude that um, just because you have formed a company does not uh, give you a license or give you a right to uh, commit illegalities as i said before during the course of this lecture many a times that uh, the company has been formed for a specific purpose which is to the advantage of everybody it should benefit everybody it should not harm anybody and if you commit illegalities which are against the law of course which are against the set uh, notions of law so to say then you will be held responsible then the corporate wheel will be pierced then the curtain will be lifted and the people behind the curtain will be taken to task thank you that's it for the day i hope you spare some time and uh, go through this podcast and uh, clarify the concept uh, which is lifting the corporate wheel thank you